Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Yesterday, we completed our 10th week of lockdown by my counting. Uh, masks and foggy glasses, no travel, no restaurants, no fun. We have never before had or imagined, I think, such restrictions on our freedoms. Life is not the easy times we're used to. Gladys keeps extending the lockdown, saying the tough times will last longer. But she also says there is hope. If we get enough people vaccinated, if the numbers of people getting infected drop low enough, then life will start to open up and return to normal. One day in the future. But journalists and many of us have been frustrated that she was not giving out details. What are we looking for? So when we see it, we will know that things will change. Give us details. Micah is telling Israel of tough times. The Assyrians are coming. Israel is about to lose all freedoms and worse. Their homes will be destroyed, many will die. The rest will be taken away and scattered far among the nations. And then the Babylonians will have their turn. At that time that Micah was preaching, in the 8th century BC, Israel had never had it so good, been so stable and prosperous. Life as God's people was good. But they've turned away from their God and their hearts are far from him even though he gives them everything. They no longer want or trust their God who has given them such good things and so the good things will be taken away and they will be sent away by the God they no longer want. But Micah also prophesies a future hope, a wonderful hope of life to the full with God. A remnant, those people who still want God and want to live with him, they will return after. And then life will be good because it will be with God. Chapter 5 that we're looking at today uh, continues the explanation of the future good times and with details. Micah 5 is giving details of how Israel would know when the good times were about to start. He tells them what to look for. Our previous has been very short on details of the future hope for us people of New South Wales, even after 10 weeks of lockdown. In contrast, God, through Micah's prophecy, gives details even before the tough times have arrived. In chapter 5, Micah will tell Israel what to look for to know that the good times are starting. So point one, a future king. In these first verses, we find key details about Israel's future hope and how it will come. 5 verse 2, God is speaking. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though small... Out of you will come one who will rule over Israel for me. Bethlehem had already given rise to Israel's greatest king, 
King David who ruled 300 years before Micah. David was born in Bethlehem. Micah says this small town is going to produce a second great ruler, a final great king greater than David who would rule for God. And still in verse 2, his origins are from old, from ancient times. Ancient times could mean that his origins trace back to King David, which they do, which they will. But it also says his origins are not just ancient, but from of old. And this word is used in the Old Testament in places like Proverbs 8.22 to mean before creation, which is old indeed. If that is what Micah is saying here, then there is only one person this king can be, God himself. Their future king would be a descendant of David and perhaps also God himself. Verse 3, Israel is about to be rightly separated from all things representing God's presence, his temple and his city Jerusalem and his land of Israel that he had promised them. But only until that king arrives, then the terrible times are ending. And the king would come as a baby, born of a woman. The birth is the sign that everything was about to change for the better. The separation from God would end. Israel could then live with God forever, not just Israel, but all the king's brothers and sisters would join Israel. A baby being born to a woman who would rescue sounds a lot like Genesis chapter 3, back when the first man and woman sinned and separated themselves from God. God promised the woman would have a child who would crush Satan, the one who deceived them into sinning. And it also sounds like a prophecy from Micah's contemporary prophet, Isaiah. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7, To you a child is born, a son is given, and he will rule wonderfully and be called Mighty God. In Micah 5, 4, this baby will rule for God, in God's power and God's name, and he will be known throughout the earth. He will be their peace, verse 5, and will rescue them, verse 6. When that king comes, never again will Assyria or anyone else ever rule them. This future king will even rule Assyria, their great enemy. So when they see this baby from Bethlehem who becomes king, they will know they're about to live life to the full. Life with God like never before. So point two, a future kingdom. This king will change everything for the remnant. The remnant is those who want God and want to live with him. Verse four, this king will bring them total security. And in verse seven, the remnant, it seems they will become many because they'll be living throughout the world widespread like dew which is everywhere, widespread like rain which falls everywhere and the remnant will not wait for anyone or depend on man 
but they will wait on God and depend only on him. In verse 8, even though the remnant will be among those who reject God, they will still be secure, more than secure. They will always win wherever they're living in the world. It won't matter if they live in the land of Israel or not. Verse 9, because no enemy will ever defeat them, they will always triumph. It's important to think, what does winning, winning at life mean? Does it mean having lots of money and possessions? Does it mean having lots of muscles and power? Is life about money to buy stuff, stuff that God made? Is it about muscles so we have physical power? Money doesn't give us life. Muscles don't give us life. True life, abundant life, is about living with God, loved by him and loving him. To be separated from God, that is death. Like the death that Adam and Eve had when they were sent out of God's garden and the death Israel were about to have being sent out of God's land. But for the remnant, they were people who continued to want their God, to love him and live with him. They didn't need more money to do that. They didn't need more muscles to do that. They needed God himself to protect them and keep them, to be their king and their shepherd, the very things Micah was promising. So the remnant were winners as long as they had God and lived with him. The rest of the world might define winning in other ways, by money or muscles, but not the remnant. They are true winners, living life with joy whatever their circumstances wherever they are in the world, as long as they have God. If they're weak but had God, they're winners. If they're poor but have God, they are winners. Point three, a future clean out. This lockdown has given many of us a chance to clean, a chance we mightn't have wanted, sometimes to clean things we've never before thought of cleaning. In the last verses of Micah 5, we hear that God is going to do some serious cleaning. Micah says God is going to bring justice on Israel by condemning their evil and it involves a total clean out of the land. Everything that stands in the way of the land being clean will be brought down. Even the people will be taken away. Back in verse 6, it mentioned Nimrod. In Genesis 10, in the list of the early nations on earth, it says Nimrod founded both Assyria and Babylon. He was described as a mighty hunter for the Lord. So God here was about to use Nimrod to hunt for him by putting Israel in his sights. Nimrod's descendants, Assyria and Babylon, would come and clean out the land of every evil, everything that people trusted instead of trusting in their God. Let's go through God's list. Verse 10, the land would be cleaned out of horses and chariots. 
Verse 11, cities and strongholds. Verse 12, witchcraft and spells. Verse 13, idols and sacred stones. And in verse 14, pagan worship using Asherah poles and worshipping foreign gods and cities, even the great city, Jerusalem and its true temple. God's land, God's city, God's temple, these are good things. But if they took people's hearts from God, then they also needed to go. Everything Israel had done and built, it all took their heart from God and all would be cleaned out by God through Nimrod, through Assyria and Babylon. And verse 15, in the end, no nation would be spared a complete clean out. God will eventually come with right anger and fury at all sin that has spoiled his wonderful creation. So here we have Micah chapter 5 telling us details of Israel's hope. Firstly, a future king. When they see a baby born from Bethlehem who will rule for God, they know from that time life will be good because it will be with God again. Micah told of a future kingdom where the remnant, those wanting to live with God, will live securely throughout the world, even among people who don't know God and don't want him. They would always be winners. And it starts with a great clean-out, cleaning Israel's land of everything that turned their hearts from God, even cleaning the land of the towns and cities full of people because the people had unclean hearts. A terrible thing was about to happen, but it was a sign of a better future. The prophet prophet Habakkuk, who prophesied about these things as well, had joy in his heart while waiting for the destruction because he knew it would not be the end. It was only the first part in an even better never-ending future. For us today, these things are not the future as they were for Micah and Israel back then. They're the past. They've happened. The northern part of Israel was destroyed by the Assyrians in 722 BC and the people carried far away and never returned. 120 years or so after that, the southern part of Israel was destroyed by the Babylonians including Jerusalem and the temple. However, a remnant returned to Babylon 70 years later, but they were still sinful and still struggled to love their God. But 750 years after Micah first prophesied, a baby called Jesus was born to a woman called Mary. We heard a part of that story in our Bible reading, wonderfully read to us from Matthew chapter 2. A baby born in Bethlehem in the town of David was visited by wise men from the east, probably from Assyria and Babylon, the land of Nimrod. And they came to bow and worship and give gifts to this baby as king. From the moment of his birth, His greatness was already spreading through the earth as Micah predicted. 
it's probably worth taking a moment to say here, prophecy, detailed prophecy that comes true, proves the Bible is true and that it comes from God. Because only God knows the future. Only God holds the past, the present and the future in his hand together. And for us, the future king Micah prophesied is our present king, Jesus Christ. His death on the cross to defeat our greatest enemies, our own sin, the world and the devil, is not our future but our past. Jesus proved his victory 2,000 years ago by rising from death. The future kingdom Michael hoped for, Micah hoped for is our present kingdom. For those who trust Jesus and his victory, our life is already safely hidden with Jesus at God's side. Even while physically we are still down here living among people who do not want God. But they can never defeat us because we have Jesus as our mighty shepherd king. As Christians, my guess is we don't always see ourselves as winners because life here can be tough for Christians as it can for everybody else. We might not always have enough money to buy the stuff we want. We might not have enough muscles to stop people pushing us around. But we know there is more to life than what we see and experience in this world. Money and muscles are not the meaning of life. In John's Gospel, John chapter 17, verse 3, in Jesus' great prayer, Jesus says that true life, eternal life, is to know God and to know the one he sent, Jesus Christ. This is how you win at life, by having God as your Father and Jesus the Son as your Shepherd King. Nothing can take us from his hand, so we are always winners, even if to the world and maybe to ourselves we look like losers at times. We should never think of ourselves as losers. We are more than conquerors through Jesus. And the future clean-out Micah foretold, this has already happened to Jesus on our behalf. Sin was dealt with by Jesus at the cross for us. So in him, we are pure and clean towards God. Israel went through a taste of what cleaning out sin is like at the hands of Nimrod, and it was horrible for them. Jesus got more than a taste. He got the full fury of God's anger at us and our sin poured over him on the cross not on us who deserve it. What a wonderful king we have. The future Micah talked about still has a little more to play out. Jesus will return soon and that will be the completion of his rescue. Then we will live securely in the new heaven and new earth, living with God, able to see his face. No need to go to a temple to meet God. No need even for the sun to give us light because God will be our brightness. Last Monday, Sandy said I could also preach this sermon at Christmas and it's true because Micah 5 is about the baby from Bethlehem who becomes king 
and brings us true peace on earth and heaven between us and God. How about we finish by praying? Pray with me. Father, we thank you that Micah's wonderful future, his future king, is our king. We are so thankful that your king, Jesus, taking, took on himself all we deserve. The full fury of your anger against our sin went onto him and not onto us. And we're so thankful that he came through the other side victorious. Help us to know that in his victory, we are winners too because nothing and no one can ever take us from your hand, Father. Nothing can separate us from real life with you. It is in your mighty shepherd king's name we pray. Amen.